Hello, welcome to Bible Read to Me. I'm Charles Vanderson. Today I am summarizing the chronological daily Bible reading beginning with August the 6th, day 218. We read of Jeremiah's object lesson with the irreparable smashing of the clay jar that represented the coming destruction of Judah and the severity of the Babylonian siege which would make the trapped Judeans have to resort to cannibalism for survival. Temple priest Pasher punished Jeremiah for his prophecy with a beating and a day in the stocks. When he was released, Jeremiah prophesied that Jerusalem would indeed be destroyed and that Pasher, his family, and his friends would all be deported to Babylon where he will die. Jeremiah lamented the pains of his calling but strengthened himself in the Lord. Nebuchadnezzar did conquer and take Jewish captives. He instructed Ashpenaz, his chief of staff, to choose the smartest of the Jewish youths to be trained for his royal service. Ashpenaz discovered four promising Hebrew captives. Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah's names were changed to Babylonian names. But they determined not to eat the food that had been sacrificed to idols, and God blessed them with noticeably good health, endowed them with superior wisdom, and granted them favor with the king. August the 7th, day 219. We read the account of King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Only Daniel was able to disclose its content and application as revealed to him by God. Consider the danger he faced. Here was a man who knew what was hidden within the king's imagination. The king could have felt threatened by his vulnerability. Instead, he promoted Daniel and his three friends. But Daniel was careful to give God the credit for revealing the mystery of the king's dream. Most likely, the jealousy of this promotion led to their peers turning them in when the Hebrews refused to bow to the golden statue. King Nebuchadnezzar set up a gold statue and commanded that when the music was played, that everyone was to bow down and worship the statue. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, otherwise known as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to bow. It was reported to the king. He gave them another chance to bow. They refused and said, Our God is able to deliver us, but even if he doesn't, we still will not bow and worship your statue. In a rage, he ordered that the temperature be increased, and it was so hot that the soldiers who were commanded to bind the boys and cast them in died from the heat of the fire. But the boys walked freely within the fire with a fourth character that the king said looks like the Son of God which we identify as the pre-incarnate Christ. The king was so impressed that afterward he said that no one should speak anything ill of the God of the Hebrews. And then he promoted them to an even higher position, which I'm quite sure was to the dismay of those who were hoping to have them destroyed. Next we read more of Jeremiah's warnings to the people that the possession of and their worshiping in the temple offered them no protection from the consequences of their sin. God desired their worshipful obedience rather than dutiful but insincere rituals. These prophecies are undated and may have been given before Nebuchadnezzar destroyed Jerusalem. August the 8th, day 220. We read more of Jeremiah's undated prophecies. He charged that the false prophets were deceiving the people with lies. They did not know God. They abandoned his law, lived their lives steeped in greed, refused to seek God's wisdom, and sought only to please themselves. 
God recommended that the only good boast for anyone to make is that he or she rightly knows the Lord and his delight in love, justice, and righteousness. God applied the practice of circumcision figuratively to the substance of a person's heart, his true desire of enjoying the company of people who willingly obey out of gratefulness for and devotion toward him. God promised that a day of reckoning will come when all idols will be destroyed. Finally, Jeremiah offered a precatory prayer that may be affecting our contemporary situation. Quote, Pour out your wrath on the nations that refuse to acknowledge you, on peoples that do not call on your name. End quote. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 25. August the 9th, day 221. We read Jeremiah's complaint to God over the prosperity of the wicked, while he, who God had singled out as his righteous spokesman, was always suffering persecution. God responded by prophesying the coming horrific destruction for the wicked that will cause even innocent creatures in nature to suffer. As an object lesson, God had Jeremiah buy a pair of undergarments to wear for a while, and then to stuff in a crevice of a rock for it to decay. When after much time had passed, he retrieved it and saw its rotten condition. God said, I created the Hebrews to be as close to me as my innermost clothing, to bring me glory and honor, but now they will be discarded without pity, mercy, or compassion. The Lord told Jeremiah to stop interceding for them because he will not listen to Jeremiah's prayers. He will destroy them with war, famine, and disease. Jeremiah pleaded for the sake of God's reputation not to destroy Judah, but his patience was ending. He said, I'm tired of giving you another chance. Jeremiah reminded God of his personal devotion, and God responded with his promise of protection. Finally, God said, Any nation who refuses to obey me will be uprooted and destroyed. I, the Lord, have spoken. August the 10th, day 222. We read how God forbade Jeremiah to start a family because of the coming violent destruction. God said, I have removed my protection and peace from them. The Lord measured the wicked condition of the human heart to be worse than imaginable. Mockers challenged the validity of Jeremiah's message because God's great patience made it appear that his warnings were unfounded. God made an object lesson of the potter's rejection and remolding of his faulty clay form. In the same way, God said that he had the right to expect his creation to behave in a manner to which he designed it and destroy it if it did not please him. One of the greatest blessings of the Sovereign Lord is to be cherished and owned by him. Others who enjoyed this status were the descendants of Phineas, reference Numbers chapter 25, verses 12 and 13, and the 7,000 people that had not bowed to Baal, reference 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 18. Finally, another object lesson was the faithfulness of the Rechabites, who obeyed their ancestors' instruction to abstain from alcohol and to only live in tents. Yet God's people were not so devoted to his much higher law. God promised an invaluable reward for the Rechabites' ardent faithfulness. God's ultimate purpose, as revealed through Scripture, is to redeem sinners so that they would become His eternally devoted worshipers. August the 11th, day 223. We read prophecies about God's judgment on the people of Amnon, Edom, Damascus, Kedar, and Hazar for all their wickedness. But He will protect the helpless ones that depend on Him. 
King Jehoiakim was exiled to Babylon and his son Jehoiachin succeeded him, but God promised a quick end to him and his mother. Nebuchadnezzar became so powerful that he conquered all the land previously controlled by Egypt outside of her border. The king of Egypt was able to protect his own country, but he was helpless to be an ally to Judah. Jeremiah prophesied that in contrast to the self-serving leaders who will soon be severely punished, the Lord will gather all the Judean diaspora and appoint them righteous leaders that will care for them until ultimately Jesus will be their king. This event will be so significant that it will supersede the memory of the Exodus. Reference Jeremiah chapter 23 verses 7 and 8. Finally, false preachers' lies will fail, but the true prophet's words will be effective. God says, does not my word burn like fire? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 29. August the 12th, day 224. We read God's charge against false prophets that lied by saying, this is from the Lord when they spoke. He will forget their existence and expel them from his presence. After Nebuchadnezzar had taken the royal family captive, Jeremiah learned an object lesson with the good and bad figs. The good ones represented the faithful who were among the exiled. The bad ones represented those that were left behind that will be vulnerable to all Judah's enemies. God delivered a message of hope to the exiles that in 70 years they would return because he had favorable plans for them. This is where the popularly quoted verse of hope is found in Jeremiah chapter 29 verse 11. But seldom are the following three verses included. They say, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. The good that he promised in verse 11 refers more to this blessed communion than for the material prosperity for which so many people try to apply this verse. Finally, God promised to return the exiles to their land and to restore their fortunes, to give them a king from the line of David, and that they would live in harmony with him. This ends this week's summary of daily Bible readings. My next episode will pick up on the summary of the Bible reading of August the 13th, day 225. I look forward to your visit then. May God bless you.